2: Congratulations, True Crime Addicts. We've survived another week. It is Friday, September 8th, 2023. This week, a YouTube mom has been arrested for child endangerment. A manhunt is underway in Philadelphia. And Creepy Eyes McGee wants a new trial. Stay tuned.
1: Yes.
0: Super excited. We are all pumped to have James Renner.
1: Expects that James Renner has zeroed in on. James Renner once again drops a bombshell investigative journalist reporter back. Back. In
2: host, James Renner and welcome back to True Crime this week with me, James Renner. It's the seal of approval, guys. Hey, uh, and uh, please welcome back Walter, who's behind the camera again this week after a uh, yoga retreat in the Adirondacks. Welcome back, Walter. Um, and I, as always, if you like this show, uh, take a moment to leave a nice little review. Send us some stars online, wherever you get your podcast. I'm sure there's something at the bottom that says, hey, how much do you like this? And you say, by golly, <laughs> I like it a lot. All right, let's get to the top stories. No doubt about it, the top story is all about Ruby Frankie. A 12-year-old boy escaped his home in Utah on August 30th and ran to his neighbor's house where he asked for food and water, according to Gizmodo. The neighbor noticed that this boy was duct taped and uh, had duct tape around his wrists and he appeared to be malnourished, so they called children's services. CPS went to the boy's home and found that his 10-year-old sister was also emaciated and malnourished and that the boy himself had deep lacerations from being tied by rope. The children were then sent to Utah's Child and Family Services. And on Wednesday of this week, the children's mother, Ruby Frankie, was charged with six counts of felony child abuse. Now, you might know that name if you're all about the social media because... Well, Ruby Frankie was a popular YouTube vlogger. Are we still using the term vlogger? I guess. I don't think we have anything better. Um, She was the host of the Eight Passengers channel, which had 2.3 million subscribers. That's nothing uh, to uh, turn your nose up at. Most cable channel news network programs don't have that many followers to them. That's a a pretty good rating. Um, Anyways, those channels are gone. You're not going to find them because they've been taken down because of all this. Frankie's channel, when it was still up, documented her life with her six children and husband, whom she separated uh, last year. After her arrest, it was revealed that uh, the followers of the eight passengers Uh, YouTube channel, have been reporting her behavior to CPS for years, pointing to videos in which Frankie threatened to withhold meals and bed privileges to her children. And uh, if you're thinking, wait, 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 six kids, Utah, is she Mormon? (laughs) Yeah, she is. Uh, you, You won the double jeopardy question this week. Frankie was arrested along with her podcasting partner, Jody Hildenbrandt. They are accused of physical injury to the victims and are suspected of subjecting the children to injury or torture, starvation or malnutrition that jeopardizes life and causing emotional harm. Frankie's two sisters and her eldest daughter took to social media this week to celebrate the news. Be careful of who you follow on social media. It's me and Mr. Bollin, right? I mean, that's that's all you need. Next story. Pennsylvania police continued to search for escaped convict Daniel Caval- Cavalcante, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer. Cavalcante was sentenced to life in prison on August 22nd, just a couple weeks ago, for stabbing his ex-girlfriend to death in front of her children in 2021. That's all you need to know about this guy. He's a bad dude, but he's also wanted in Brazil for allegedly shooting a man there in 2017. So he was a very dangerous guy on the run. Last Thursday, Cavalcante was caught on camera. You can find this video all over the internet right now. He he scaled a wall in the exercise yard at the Chester County Prison. He kind of like put himself in between two walls and did the the hands and the feet thing that like you used to do when you were teenagers, but now you're 50 and like you'll break an ankle if you try it. But he, he did that and got up on top of the roof and, um, <clears throat> and he escaped and has been on the run since then. He, he actually was on the run for like an hour before they even noticed he was missing. Another inmate at that same prison used that same method to escape last May. Uh, the police put up some uh, like wire fence, but Cavalcante, you know, shimmied through it with without any problem. So maybe they should do a little bit more. Since his escape, Cavalcante has been spotted on trail cameras in Longwood Gardens. It's kind of a park area a couple times. And he's broken into homes to get like food and backpacks and clothing and stuff. Every time they get him on video, he's seen with more supplies, like he's stocking up. It kind of reminds me of the Eric Rudolph, if you're old enough to remember that, that guy that was hiding out in um, the the south in the woods, and he tried to blow up abortion clinics, and he managed to live in the woods for, like, years. And this is—I got a sense that this guy's going to be on the lam for quite a while. In the meantime, several schools in the area have closed in order to keep kids safe there. He's thought to be hiding in the woods right now around Westchester— Yesterday, police flew helicopters around the area broadcasting pleas from the man's mother to turn himself in. That's when you know you're in trouble when you hear your mom's voice coming at you from a helicopter using all your, your you know, your middle name, right? Uh, so, yeah, he should just turn himself in because this is not going to end well. Um, so, yeah, more to come on that. I imagine... There's a good chance this story's going to wrap up by next week, but uh, again, I've got—I just have a sense that this guy's going to be out there for a long longer than they expect. Final top story before we get into like cold case updates, and I've got some weird news you got to hear this week. After the break, uh, here, here we go. The Guardian—that's the the major media outlet in the UK—is reporting this week that several bodies have been discovered buried on the ground of one of the most violent and abuse of schools for indigenous children in New South Wales, Australia. Ground-penetrating radar has revealed at least nine possible graves at the old Kinchella Aboriginal Boys Training Home, a site where children of indigenous people were taken in the early part of the 20th century. This is a part of history that we don't really learn about in the United States, but... Uh, it's a big part of the Australian history I'm going to tell you about here. Um, they referred to these kids, by the way, as the stolen generation. From 1910 to 1970, as many as one in three kids born by Aboriginal people were taken from their homes and sent to schools like Conchella to be indoctrinated into Australian society. They were told their parents either didn't want them or were too stupid to care for them. The lack of oversight allowed for rampant abuse and in some cases neglect that led to the death of these children. Nobody was keeping records back then. It wasn't digital. It's all paperwork. You drop a paper, nobody even knows that kid exists. He's gone. Um, It was only as recently as 2008 that the government issued an apology for these atrocities, by the way. Survivors of the stolen generation are calling for authorities to dig at these sites to reclaim the bodies of these lost children. As many as 500 boys ranging in age from 5 to 15 were taken from their families and kept at Kinchela until 1970. One survivor, a man named Roger Jarrett, recalled terrible punishment he received as a boy at the school. This is a quote from him, quote, over the back there's this fig tree. It had a six-foot chain on it if a boy said something trivial they'd cut his they'd cut sleeves out of an old sugar bag put it on and wet it take him out there and then chain him up padlock them and leave them there end quote one manager at the facility used a cat o' nine tails on the boys that's one of those whips with like nine ends and spikes at the end It seems likely that digs will happen on the property in coming weeks, and we may see a final toll of the dead at these institutions. Uh, This reminds me, I've done an episode of the philosophy of crime, kind of on the aspect of the other, which is a big part of uh, modern philosophy. And this idea that we have as humans, this instinctual need to be part of a tribe, and anybody outside of our tribe, i.e., Aboriginals like these kids are treated as the other. Something to be feared, something to be controlled, something to be manipulated. This happened on a grand scale in Australia last century, and we're seeing the final murmurs of that now. So hopefully um, that'll bring some closure. Those are the top stories for this week. Stay with me, though, after the break. I have an update on Creepy Eyes McGee, as always. Uh, You're going to want to hear this weird news about a guy trying to cross the Atlantic in a hamster wheel. You heard that right. So much more to come. I'll be back in two and two.
0: Please hang up and try again. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: And welcome back to Wings, starring David Schramm. Uh, Bad news in the Murdoch saga. We may be seeing more of Creepy Eyes McGee pretty soon. Lawyers for convicted murderer Alex Murdoch are asking for a new trial, according to NPR. Murdoch is accused of um, killing his wife and son, and now he's accusing the clerk of courts in Colleton County, South Carolina, of tampering with the jury that found him guilty. They allege that there were frequent private conversations between this clerk of courts and the jury for person. The court has since published a book about the case, which is currently on the Amazon bestseller list. Um, <coughs> not for nothing, but a little advice from Uncle James. If you're deeply involved in a murder case, if you're an officer of the court, don't publish a book. If you're going to publish a book, publish it under a pen name. Um, if 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 you must. But like nobody's gonna read your book. It's self you know, I, I imagine this as a self published uh thing on there. Anyways, uh I say nobody's gonna read that book, but it's on the Amazon bestseller list at 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 the moment. So anyway. Uh they also claim a juror who may not have voted guilty was removed from the pool of jurors prior to the verdict. It is not really likely he'll win that appeal though, since he's guilty as sin. Last Friday, an Amber Alert was issued for a missing 17-year-old girl in Dallas. Her name was Natalie Navarro. She went missing, and this Amber Amber Alert went out. Within hours, though, the Amber Alert was called off because Natalie was found, and then she was charged with murder. Surprise twist. This all according to The Independent. Police now say that Natalie is a suspect in the August 29th shooting death of 21-year-old Arturo Pena. The suspect in Natalie's disappearance, 21-year-old Jordi Martinez, is currently on the run and also wanted for Pena's murder. Pena's body was found in a vehicle in Garland, Texas, last week, and police believe Martinez then fled to Mexico to hide out. Natalie didn't make it that far before they caught her. Details about how this trio knew each other are scarce at this time, although I think you can probably fit a narrative around that pretty easily. The suspect in the murder of Scott Johnson, the subject of the new documentary Never Let Him Go, which I talked about last week, he pleaded guilty this week to punching Johnson, causing him to fall off a cliff to his death in Sydney, Australia in 1988, essentially closing that mystery. Scott White is now 52 years old. He confessed to the crime in court and was sentenced to nine years in prison, according to CBS News. Johnson's death was labeled as a suicide for many years, kind of written off, but his brother led a relentless pursuit for justice that eventually led to a new investigation that found his murderer, Scott White. Johnson was a young gay man who met White in a pub before walking to a park that was popular among gay people at that time. This was back in the days of cruising and before uh, grinder and Tinder and all that. Much more dangerous time. White will serve his time behind bars but is also suffering from early onset dementia due to alcohol abuse. He likely self-medicated himself to an early grave. Danny Masterson. Creepy Scientologist and star of That 70s Show was sentenced yesterday to 30 years to life in prison for raping two women, according to the Associated Press. The assaults took place at Masterson's home in 2003 at the height of his fame. Here's a quote from the judge when she was handing down the Sentence. I know you're sitting here steadfast in your claims of innocence, and thus no doubt feeling victimized by a justice system that has failed you. But Mr. Masterson, you are not the victim here. Your actions 20 years ago took away another person's voice and choice. One way or another, you will have to come to terms with your prior actions and their consequences. End quote. And for their trauma, the women victims were targeted and harassed by the cult of Scientology, they claim. Hard to go after one of their own. Uh, it's creepy stuff if you haven't looked into it yet. Let's go over to weird news. i got to tell you about this story out of, outside of Georgia. I Yeah, I saw the title of this, Guy in a Hamster Wheel, and, like, I I, I got to look deeper into this. Here's the story. A 51-year-old man was arrested Tuesday off the coast of Georgia for trying to cross the Atlantic Ocean in a floatable human-sized hamster wheel. According to the New York Times, the Coast Guard intercepted Riza Bellucci off the coast of Taipei Island as he plans to cross the ocean to London in his homemade vessel made of old buoys and wishes. When the Coast Guard approached the vessel, Bellucci at first threatened to kill himself. The officials bargained with him for hours, explaining that a hurricane is coming and he'd likely die anyway. By the way, there's a big fucking hurricane coming if you're in that neck of the woods and pay attention to that. Um, Anyways, finally he surrendered. He's charged with obstruction of boarding Uh, in violation of the captain of the port order, which are some funky maritime laws. Anyways, he's in deep trouble. Belucci's boat, if you can call it that, was equipped with a satellite phone and a stockpile of granola and ramen noodles. Kind of like my dorm room back at Kent State. You know, personally, I fail to see the harm here. Um, If if somebody wants to build a hamster wheel and cross the Atlantic, why, why are we stopping them? I mean either he's going to succeed and he's going to have an awesome story to tell or 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 he doesn't, and you know he 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 you know he's got that ending, he's got that going for him, but like why are we intervening? Just seems like a waste of of resources here, but I wish him well uh and the hamster wheel hopefully one day will be in the Smithsonian next to the uh uh Apollo rocket or something. Over to pop culture, there's a new documentary series, a new true crime docu-series on HBO. Uh, Don't call it HBO, call it Max. Uh, You can talk about it on Twitter, don't call it Twitter, call it X. Everything's changing, but the uh, new show is called Telemarketers. Um, By the way, do you answer the the phone when you get a telemarketer call? I don't. You know, it comes up and it's a possible scam. I never answer these things, but my dad does. And he he likes to mess with them. Um, some people do. Some people like you know th- find that 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 funny. I remember the old Seinfeld episode you know way back in the '90s when telemarketers were calling your landlines, and he picked it up and he said, "Hey, you know I don't have time right now. How about you give me n- your number and I'll I'll call you I'll call you at home." And they're like, "I'm not giving you my home number." He's like, "Well, you, now you know how I, how I feel." And click, and then it was over. Um, I really made that story. Uh, terribly unfunny and long. But anyways, um, don't mess with telemarketers. Uh, There's this new series. Um, Here's the write-up. The HBO original docu-series Telemarketers chronicles the 20-year journey of two unlikely employees who stumble upon the murky truth behind a seedy New Jersey call center. Of course it's in New Jersey, right? With raw eyewitness footage and a comedic cast of characters, this three-part documentary takes you from an anarchic uh, boiler room filled with booze, drugs, and debauchery to the halls of the United States Senate as a billion-dollar telemarketing scam unravels. I'm going to check it out. Sounds good. Um, I want to tell you about a book this week. And uh, by the way, if you have a true crime book, you want me to uh, showcase it on the show, send it to me. My P.O. Box is listed on my website, jamesrenner.com backslash poop shoot. Um, And you can find all the info there on on how to send me books. So uh, P.O. Box Fairlawn, Ohio. Uh, The book I want to talk to you about this week is rising in the charts again, even though it's 10 years old. There's a 10th anniversary edition of this book out. It's called The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness by Michelle Alexander. And here's the write-up. Contrary to the rosy picture of race embodied in Barack Obama's political success and Oprah Winfrey's financial success, legal scholar Alexander argues vigorously and persuasively that we have not ended racial caste in America. We have merely redesigned it. Jim Crow and legal racial segregation has been replaced by mass incarceration as a system of societal control. More African-Americans are under correctional control today than were enslaved in 1850. That's a frightening statistic. I did not know that. Alexander reviews American racial history from the colonies to the Clinton administration, delineating its transformation into the war on drugs. She offers an acute analysis of the effect of this mass incarceration upon former inmates who will be discriminated against legally for the rest of their lives. Uh, very important book. Check it out. The new Jim Crow. And that's the show for this week. It felt like it flew right by, didn't it? Um, but go out and celebrate. It's the weekend, which is always cause for celebration. We've survived yet another week. And in the words of the incomparable Murray Saul, the godfather of Cleveland radio, that means we gotta, 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 to <sighs> Get down, damn it. True Crime This Week is a fearful symmetry production. Photo and artwork are licensed through Shutterstock. If you like the cut of my jib, I have another podcast you might enjoy called The Philosophy of Crime, in which I attempt to solve the big questions behind our true crime obsession by looking to philosophy for answers. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Sit, Brownie, sit. Good dog.